0: If you open your bulletins, we're going to review. I normally try to put a review for the last about four Sundays, I put a review in our bulletin. Can I help you if you're on vacation and whatnot or missed a Sunday weekend at the camping or whatever? I want to put a review there. Also, I want to keep it before you. Also, I want you to be able to share with others. And this is a great opportunity to do that when you have it written there, with the scriptures there. Now, these are uh, keys to the kingdom of God. And what we're doing is teaching a series called Act Wise, uh, Financially in the Kingdom of God. Today's message is uh, Financial Keys of the Kingdom. Number one, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, Receive your own selves from James, and and basically... We've talked about that because if, you're, if we are hearers of the word, but we don't act on the word that we hear, we know that we'll be just like a uh, house built on the sand. That when the storms come, the winds blow, the, the rain uh, comes, it's going to wash the house away. And we don't want it to do. We don't want the, the, uh, our financial house to be wiped away. And we know that there are storms of life. We know that financially, and we just uh, we're probably not even out of it yet, but we're coming out of it. Uh, the last recession that we were in. So we want to be ready for those things. Number two, by my standard of measure, it will be measured to me again and more will be measured to me. So if you think about cooking, uh, you think about a a measuring cup, how big is your measure that you're going to measure out anything in the kingdom? Whether it be mercy, whether it be compassion, whether it be love, whether it be finances, what measure are you going to use to measure out? Are you going to use uh, one of those half a teaspoon measures, or you'll use a teaspoon, or you'll use a cup? What would you use? And it says that by my standard of measure, it will be measured to me, and more will be measured to me besides. Number three, use money in the kingdom way in order to gain eternal rewards. That's what we want to do. And we know that we're trying to make sure we win souls. Uh, that's one way that we can do it. We also talked about uh, giving to the poor, orphans, widows, and all those type of things. Those are eternal rewards. that We can do with our finances. finance. Number four, do not store up treasures for yourself on earth, but store up treasures in heaven. And we told you how you can do that by giving to the poor. And we know, and I'll put it as personal, I am foolish if I store up treasures for myself, and I'm not rich towards God. So that's the key doesn't matter what you possess. God doesn't care what you possess because he's the one who gave it to you. He's the one who owns it all anyway. But he wants us to be rich towards him. Six, where my treasure is, there my heart is also. So whether we believe it or not, just like scripture says that if you love me, keep my commandments. Whether we believe it or not, if we don't keep his commandments, we don't love him like we should. If our, our treasure is on earth, our hearts are on earth also. And he wants our treasures in heaven, and seven that we talked about last week was God's calling for faithful stewards let's look in matthew twenty five let's start there because that's where we left off matthew twenty five fourteen and there we're talking about the, the the talents that was entrusted to the to the person it says for It is just like a man about to go on a journey who called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. So we're talking about a master giving servants uh, possessions that he's entrusted. Stewardship, that's what we're talking about stewardship. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. Each according to his ability, and then he went his way. Uh, What is a talent? because he gave one a talent. We're talking about finances. What is a talent? We know that a talent uh, is probably one of the largest, they said, during, the, during that, those times, standards of measurements uh, in, in, the, in the East. And if we want to put it into type of, uh, how we break it down to, to how we can relate to it, it was uh, about 6,000 denarii, and a denarius was about a day's, work for a person about a day, equivalent to a day's work. So if it's 6,000 days work, then we think about 365 into that 6,000, you get about uh, 16.4 and it's approximately 20 years or 16.4 years, 16.45 as a matter of fact. Now that's a lot of money that he entrusted with. You know, 16 years worth of finance that so he entrusted this one person who he had his with. And when he came back to bring account, count these, the five had gained five, the, the two had gained two more, but the one had had outburied his. And he said that to this person in verse 29, uh, well, let's go back up to verse 27. He said, then you ought to have put my money to the bank. On my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten. And in verse 30, he said, throw out the worthless slave or servant in the of darkness, in a place that will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And when he says uh, in verse 21, to the, to the one who gained two, the one who gained five, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And if I asked you, I said, what do you want to hear from God on that day? And you're going to tell me, well, I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what we all want to hear. Well, we're going to have to do something with the finances that he has entrusted to us. And so that's why we're teaching and giving these types of uh, keys because we think it's very important. Let's turn over to our foundation of scripture, which is in Luke chapter 16. Let's go there. Let's start in verse 10, where we left off. It says, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. Now, back over in Matthew 25, he had said to the one, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. That's what he said, a few things. That was in verse 21. A few things. Now, how can a few things be what he would call few? Sixteen years worth of finances, to me, is not a few things. Would it be few to, few to you? If you make, say, uh, 20000 a year, and you... Um, well, ten years will be two hundred thousand. Um, Twenty years will be four hundred thousand. It's almost a half a million dollars. And he says, that "You've been faithful with a few things, a few things." And so, in verse here ten in Luke sixteen, it says, "You, he who is faithful in a very little thing, is faithful also in much." He who is unrighteous or unjust, the like King James said, in a very little thing is unrighteous in also much, then that tells me that we are looking on things of this earth, our possessions and money and things that the, the, the exchange system that we have here as a lot. Whereas God's not looking at it as a lot. He's really not looking at it as, as a lot. He's looking at it as a little thing. Let's look at verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, or mammon, the King James will say, and that's just wealth, that's just money, that's just um, uh, the world material system. If you have been unfaithful in the material system of the world, who will entrust you with the true riches? Now, that, that is, that is, that, that's a key to me in handling finances. What am I going to do with the finances that God has entrusted to me because every penny that I make, every dollar that I make, everything that someone gives me is because God has allowed it to happen. Because if, I, if I'm if i too sick to work, then I'm not going to make any money. If I'm dead, I can't make any money. And who Owns the breath of life that we have. Right, he can he can take it, or he can let you keep it. It's up to him. And so, therefore, we have to realize that we have to be faithful with in, in our life because he owns everything. It says in I think it's Psalm 24, verse one, that the earth is the Lord's and everything that's in it. The fullness thereof, the King James said, say, the world. And all that dwells in it. That's what it says. So that means that everything is the Lord's. So I have to make sure that I don't have this mentality of my money. I don't have this mentality of, well, I'll I'll see how much I can spare. It's not about me, what I can spare. It's about what kind of profit can I bring my master That's how we have to think. We have to think of stewards. We have to think of, of we are stewards. We have to think of, I'm a servant. I have to think of, God is the master. Do we really think about that? Do we really say like Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul, he said, Paul, the Apostle of Jesus Christ, a servant of God. Do do we consider ourselves really servants, do losses, do we consider ourselves that way? Or do we consider ourselves we say it in our head, in our mind, with our mouth, but we really don't mean it? What do we really say? What do we really believe? Do we believe that we are bought with a price of the precious blood of Jesus Christ? Do we really believe that? Or do we just say it because we are religious? You know, we have this religious terminology that we use a lot of times in Christianity because if you go to church enough, you're going to learn the, the, the language but it doesn't mean that you're going to be doing the language. So we all say we're stewards. Nothing that we have belongs to us, but do we operate in the kingdom like that? And that's what God is trying to get us to do, is to realize that he has given us our life, and we have given it back to him because we couldn't do anything with it or mess it up. Are you in agree with me? This is all I could do with mine. Mess it up, and he said, "Well, do you want to give it to me? Uh, do I have to get it all, give it all to you? You know, really think about it. You know how how we work. Come on, I, I, I think y'all are y'all are okay. I think y'all are down to earth, aren't you? You're down to earth, and we we sometimes we want to say, well. I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll think about this thing maybe a little later, and we have to weigh this thing. Do we really want to give our life to Jesus Christ? What does that mean to give our life to Jesus Christ? And we think, well, okay, I know what it means. It means I'll go to heaven, and I'll avoid hell. Okay, good. I'll give my life to Jesus Christ then. But is that what give our life to Jesus Christ is about? <laughs> no. No, that's just friends' benefit, isn't it? What we want to do is to be his. We don't want to be in an intimate relationship with him. That's what we want. (laughs) We want to, whatever he says, we do. I want to be a part of his body, the body of Christ. I want to be with him wherever he is. That's what I want to be. And so when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, Then I was I was giving up everything, everything. My words, and I didn't know that at the time because my mentor didn't tell me. Samuel Dorsey, (laughs) he didn't tell me all those things. That that you know you got to give up your words, you got to give up your actions, you got to give up your attitudes, your motivations you got to give all those things to him. And you can't change them, but he can. So you have to allow him to do those things. And I'm learning that he owns everything. Every thought that I think is supposed to be towards him and his kingdom. It's supposed to be. I'm not there yet, <laughs> you know. Uh, but I'm trying to get there. And so... When it says that he who is faithful in a very little thing, he's talking about money. He's talking about the world system because the whole from sixteen one through 10, you know, what we've been teaching for the last five messages, this is what he's talking about. He said, therefore, if you have not been faithful with the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? True riches. Now, what are the true riches? Let's look at just one of the instances. Uh, let's go over to Acts chapter 10. Let's go there and see what happened with a fellow by the name of Cornelius. Now, Cornelius was not a Christian yet. He was not a Christian. In other words, he hasn't given his life to Jesus Christ. Verse 1, let's start there. Acts 10, verse 1. Now, there was a man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, a devout man and one who feared God of all his household. Now, now when it says that he feared God, he was a God-fearer, meaning that he, he, he tried to follow the Jewish system in what they were doing, but he hadn't given his life to Jesus Christ. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't know about that. But he was. He was trying to do the best that he could. And it says here that he gave many alms. What are what are alms? Like these alms? No, they're not alms. Are they? <laughs> They're talking about giving to charity or giving to the poor. Let's read it again. And he gave a little alms. Does it say that? Many alms to the Jewish people. And he prayed to God continually. And the prayer warriors are like that. He prayed to God continually. Now, these are two things that he did. Now, how important are those two things? You remember I told you that how do you get your treasures from earth to heaven? Given to charity, right? Given to the poor. Given to the things that God has told you to give to widows and orphans and things of nature. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had, first, who had just come in and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed. He said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and alms. Prayers are very important, aren't they? Which is the name first? Prayers and alms. But it didn't name, name alms, didn't it? He say your prayers and the good thing, good thing you've been doing on your job did you say anything about that? I heard you were a great carpenter. I heard you were, you know, a great this, that. No. Your prayers and your arms have ascended. Ascended. Now, how do you get money from alms that you give to the poor? How do they ascend? You remember? How do they ascend? By giving. Right? When you give, what, does hap- what happens? They ascend. You say, well, how does it sin? You know, we just put money in the the offering basket. Do they take it out and kind of, whoo, whoo," and it's a sin? No, it doesn't sin like that. It's just a spiritual thing, isn't it? It's a spiritual thing. We give in the natural, but God takes the spiritual and, and brings it to Him. And it says that have ascended as a memorial before God. What's a memorial? Can you help me? Of course, a memorial. A remembrance, isn't it? As a remembrance before God. Now, God is ready to do, do something, isn't he? He's ready to do something. He is ready to do something in Keneal's life. He's ready to do something in the Gentiles life. He's ready to do something. So who is he looking for? To do something spiritual. Do something significant. He's looking for somebody who prays much, who gives much. Okay, not who prays a little and gives a little. Not looking for those to do something. And l- listen to what it says. Now, dispatch some men to Joppa and send a man named Simon. Was sent for Simon, who's also called Peter. Now, so they sent for Peter. We'll skip on down to where Peter comes in verse 24. Well, let's go to 21. Let's go to 21. Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am the one you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, well spoken of by the entire nation of the Jews, was divinely directed by the holy angel, by a holy angel, to send for you to come to his house and hear a message from you. So Peter was supposed to go give him a message. So verse 24. On the following day, he entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and his close friends. Why did he call them? Help me now. Why why do you think he called them? His relatives and his close friends. Right. If, if, he, if he sent for Peter, you know, Peter going, if an angel tells him what to send for, who to send for, then that means that if something good is going to happen when Peter comes, right? So if something good is going to happen, you want to tell everybody that you know that you're friends with and your relatives. You're going to definitely invite your relatives. You're going to definitely invite your friends. Your enemies, you're probably not going to invite. Well, he didn't say he invited his enemies. But he invited his friends. When Peter entered Cornelius, met him and fell at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter raised him up saying, stand up. I am just a man. As he talked to him he entered and found many people assembled, many people. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a man who is a Jew to associate with a foreigner or to visit him, and yet God has shown me that I should not call any man unholy or unclean. So you know God's getting ready to do something with a Gentile. That is why I came without even raising an objection When I was sent for, so I asked, for what reason have you sent for me? What reason? Now, he could have said a lot of things, couldn't he? Well, I have a a cousin over there that needs healing. I need somebody over here. She's sick here. I need somebody else. need a few dollars, you know, to pay taxes. I could need need a lot of things right there, right? But he didn't didn't say that. What reason have you sent for me? Cornelius said, four days ago, to this hour, I was praying in my house during the ninth hour, and behold, and that's a man of prayer now. The ninth hour, he's praying. He's doing everything he knows to do to seek God's presence. A man stood before me in shining garments and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your arms have been remembered before God. Therefore, send the Joppa and invite Simon, who is also called Peter, to come to you. He is standing at the house of Simon the Tanner and is by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here present before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. So in other words, he didn't say, Peter asked him, what what did you call me for? What did you call me for? What do you want? And he said, no, 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 no. That's the wrong question. You just tell me what God commanded you to tell me. I don't know. He just said, send for you. So obviously, it's something you have that I need. I called everybody together. All of us need something. So you give us what you've been commanded to give us. That's what he's saying. Opening his mouth. What do you think Peter did? The, the, the thing that's most important for anybody's life is to hear about who Jesus Christ, Jesus, Jesus. When you have Jesus, you have it all, right? Have it all. You don't need you don't need anything else because everything comes with Him. Everything comes with Him. All that God has has been given to Jesus Christ. Is that correct? And If we are part part of the body of Christ, that means that all that he has, we have. Is that correct? Because it says in the Word that we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. And we are heirs of Almighty God. So, open his mouth. He said, I most certainly understand now that God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. The word which he sent to the sons of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. And he went on um, uh, telling them tell about the Jesus, Jesus Christ. Verse 38, you know Jesus the Nazareth how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all these things he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And then it goes down to say that uh, verse 42, and he ordered us to preach to people. And Solomon to testify that this is the one who has been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Of him, all the prophets bear witness, and through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sin. Now, he, so he's given giving them the gospel. Now, you got to believe in Jesus Christ. If you believe in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon, this is verse 44, fell upon all those who were listening to the message, all the relatives, all the friends. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and exalting God. Then Peter answered, Surely no one can refuse the water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? And he ordered them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And they asked him to stay on a few days so they can learn more about Jesus Christ. What are the the things that are rich, spiritual things? Because that's what we're looking for, isn't it? That's what we're talking about. Uh, Let's go back to Luke. That's what we're talking about in Luke 16, when it says that, Therefore, if you have not been faithful with the use of unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you? The true riches to you. True riches. Would you believe that salvation is a true rich? One of the true riches? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Anything spiritual, everything that God has, they are true riches. Aren't they? All the spiritual things are true riches. So, if they are true riches, there must be false riches. Do, do, do you follow what I'm saying? And he's comparing when he says the true riches because he's saying that what you think in the world system that are riches are not true riches. They are false riches. They are, they are, they are what the world system would call true. They are what the world system would call what you really want. But no, 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 that's not the true riches. The true riches are the spiritual things. And if you can't handle the false stuff. You can't handle the, the little things. Just the little things. I don't care how much you have, there's still little in the kingdom. If you can't handle and be faithful with the little things, who going to trust you with the true riches? I said, wow. Mm. Wow. You know, we've heard in Scripture and read in Scripture a lot of times about all the things that, that come into um, come with salvation with us as far as uh, the true riches, all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And yet, as the church of the living God all over the United States, we know in foreign countries everywhere, there's a shortage of the church having a demonstration of the power that is in Christ. This is just an observation. All over. And some don't even believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm saying that I wonder how much interest are we taking in the false riches, the false things, the false possessions, and not trying to concentrate on being faithful with these little things so we can receive the true riches. Because he doesn't care how much we own. You remember I said that? He doesn't care how much you own. You can have, you know, five trillion dollars. He doesn't care. It's his anyway. Right? He only wants you rich towards him. That's all. That's all. That's all. And see Cornelius was rich towards God. And so he gave him true riches. There was a one and I think you know his name and start with a J. He was a disciple of Christ. What is his name? Y'all remember him? Wow. Okay. And and Judas he was one that was not faithful because he was stealing. From God. Just a little bit. A little bit at a time. Just a little bit. So he thought nobody else would notice it. Just a little bit. And was he faithful with what God has given him? Now, Judas had it all, didn't he? He had it all. I mean, we can turn to, uh, I can go to John chapter 12, verse 1 and, and talk there. John 13, 1, talk there. Matthew 26. Uh, 14 talked there about Judas but I think most of us know the story of Judas how he had an opportunity because he was chosen matter of fact God was washing his feet just like he was washing the other 11 feet was he not? he was washing his feet He followed Jesus just like everybody else. Matter of fact, he sent Judas out just like he sent the rest of them out. Judas did miracles just like everybody else did miracles. Because didn't he send them out by twos? Didn't they come back and say, oh, my goodness gracious, the demons are subject to us? You remember? I wonder how many people lose opportunities like Judas because we're not faithful with what God has given us. We, we think it's ours, and we want to amass things for ourselves. Not a lot of things, just the niceties of life. And God wants us to have the niceties nice of life, because it, I mean, anything we have in the United States is probably nice compared to what is, um, Vanessa's telling me what I've seen over in Uganda. Uh, Everything is nice. Nobody here in this room lives in a mud hut. Nobody. But they do over there. All of us here are looking forward to going to eat when we leave here. And none of us are going to have to work before we get something to eat today because there they have to work all day to get one meal. Most of them in Uganda. So we're pretty well off. So I'm thinking, I said, wow, who else is losing opportunity? You remember the rich young ruler? You all remember him? Uh, he was rich, right? In what? The false riches, wasn't he? And he, he comes with this religious stuff. What, is I, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Oh well won't you just obey the commandments? You know the law of Moses, won't you just obey them? Oh I've done that ever since my youth. Didn't he say that? And what did God say? <laughs> now God knew Jesus knew from the beginning. What his hang up was. And what most of our hang up would be is the little things, the false riches. the things that that's here on this earth. Because he had many possessions, so he said, "Well, I tell you what you do. Why don't you go sell what you have, and give it to the poor?" He was going to read. Do you realize what this rich young ruler was about to walk into if he if he could just let go of what was God's anyway? But you never hear anything else about the rich young. Ruler. His name not even mentioned again in scripture that I know of. That I know of. Did one account? He went away sorrowful, didn't he? Why did he go away sorrowful? Because it said he had many possessions. He had his ties to this world. His heart was here because where your treasure is, there your heart is also. So his his heart was. With his riches here on earth. If he has just been like Cornelius, if he has just a, you know wanted want to just see how much I can give away. You can't give God. It's impossible. It's impossible to sow without reaping. You know that? If you're sowing in the right place and soil, you know, good soil and things like that. It's impossible. If you do what God tells you to do, God does not lie. It's impossible to not get 30, 60, 100-fold return. Tell me what financial system in this world is going to give you on your money 30, 60 times as much as you put in it and 100 times as much as you put in it. I was just talking to one of the financial uh, advisors that uh, that the church has uh they're financial investors and you know we were talking to uh lee and uh huff and stewart and carlton uh i'm nervous i went over there because i uh, wanted to find out so, okay what's what's some of the things that that we need to do uh and they said there's nothing you can do you don't have enough brother <laughs> okay <laughs> okay okay uh because was a thing about retirement Brother, you know you're six to four. How are you gonna think about retirement? You should have thought about that before, you know. And, and talk talk to young people about retirement. Yeah. So, okay. All right. I mean, they were real nice. They were real nice, but I just didn't have didn't have a lot. Okay. Uh, but Ms. Hollow, I remember that you told me to to kind of do some things, you know, kind of. And so we're checking on because I had to check on it all the time because the church has has uh, a little money in investments. Uh, it's not much. You can't even you can't even pay one month's mortgage with it, okay? Because we put in, we left in five thousand um, uh, dollars, and we had sixty thousand in it, and we and, and we took it out so we can buy this land and do things, uh, and we left five in, and want to see how's that thing doing? Because I know I have to give account to the, to the body. How's this five thousand doing? And the five thousand now is about—it was six thousand—and we lost two hundred and thirty some dollars last month. So, so still, it's down below six thousand now, but it's still more than we put in. But anyway, we're checking on it. And you can—they, I said, hey, I—I'm getting ready to retire shortly. I wonder if I got my retirement now on Social Security. You know, you know how how they give you a little something. Social Security. Um, What if I get it now and start putting in investments? Will I have enough to retire on? It's a. It's not CDs now paying about one percent. It's nothing. No, don't do that. It's not wise. (laughs) One percent. One percent. The system. Now, God says, "Give it to me. I'll multiply a hundred times. A hundred times. I might do it sixty times. I might multiply thirty times. How would you like to put ten dollars in and He multiplied a hundred times? You can't put it in a CD." And you, you that ten dollars will be be there for a long time. For whatever ever get there. say. But God's system is not like that. Do you hear what I'm saying? We have to learn how to tap into the keys of the kingdom. And he says that if you will give your finances to me, do what I asked you to do, don't be concerned about this false riches here, and be concerned about the true riches, then Everything's going to be okay. I will bless you. And look at verse twelve. And if you have not been faithful with the use of what is another's, who's the another? He's talking about. He's talking about in that verse, talking about the master who gave it, who 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 left them money with them. Right? He's talking about the unjust manager. That's who the unjust steward. The unjust steward in, in, in chapter sixteen of Luke was not faithful when. With what was another's? Are we faithful with what is another's? Who's the another we're talking about? God. Are we faithful with another's? With his? Because that's what he's saying. If if we're not faithful with what is his, who's gonna give us what's our own? Who's gonna give us what's our own? Now that's the key now to the kingdom. Do you think it's true? Or do you think he was just giving this parable and saying, you know, I, I need some. I need to. I need to give them a lot to read, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna fill up the thing so that they. I don't have enough to say, so I'm gonna just fill it with stuff. It don't mean anything. Come on. No, every single word is God breathed. And so, if He gave this parable, He was trying to teach us a key to this thing. He said. I want to give you what's your own, but you're gonna to have to be faithful with what is mine. What's mine? I wish somebody was, would have told me these things when I was twenty and thirty. I'm serious. I'm serious. Uh, An insurance person came to me when, when I was 22 years old. He said, "You need insurance." I said, "I don't need no insurance. I'm not gonna die." And he said, "Well." <laughs> You, you don't have insurance because you know you're going to die. You have insurance just in case you die. And he said, i tell you what to do. We're going to give you a $20,000 policy. And um, it was a whole life in policy. And I said, okay. I didn't know anything. He didn't teach me anything about insurance. and doing anything. And I still had a policy. And it's paying dividends. I don't have to pay the, the premium on it. But the thing is that I said, well, now I know about insurance a little bit. And I said, well, why didn't he tell me? That I could get more insurance when I was young, 22. Now here I am, 64, and you know how, how much it'll cost me to get some insurance. <laughs> yeah. You know, think about that now. Think about it for, for young people. You know, he said we're supposed to leave an inheritance for our children's children. How are you gonna leave an inheritance for your children's children? You know, you know, you're not doing things for him. I wish my father would have said, "Hey, I'm gonna give him, I'm, I'm gonna get a hundred thousand dollar pass for him while he's one month old, because it's gonna be, I mean, it's gonna be little or nothing. He'll kept that thing now. My goodness gracious! And I'm, I'm gonna put him as a beneficiary, and then when I die, he'll have something. Yeah. But my father didn't know anything either. You know what? What he's supposed to know? He has some insurance, and praise God, he has some. Uh, But, and my father's deceased now. Just think, if he was taking out that policy, then I wouldn't have to go into debt with my marriage for my first daughter. And I got two more daughters, and don't have any money. Have you ever thought about? You have daughters, you got to pay for the wedding. So we teach them eloping is good. <laughs> That's why we have an assurance person coming and you know I have to schedule it for, for it. But uh, we, we learned something the other night with the with the with the person who was doing wheels. We learned a lot. And and I'm trying to I'm trying to educate everybody in a lot of in diversification so you'll be aware of things. That's all I'm trying to do. That's all. Let's, let's end up in 1 uh, Corinthians. Let's go there. Uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Let's end there. If we're not faithful in what's His, who's going to give us what's our own? And the first thing you want to know when you go to a reading of the will is what did my father leave me? What does he own that he could leave me? And so when we <laughs> are looking at our father God, we, have a, we are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. We are heirs of Almighty God. What belongs to us? A wise person would want to know, wouldn't you? What belongs to you? Let's, let's look at it. let start in verse 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you thinks that he is is wise in this age, he must become foolish so that he may become wise. And what is he saying? If you don't deceive yourself, the wisdom of this world is not wisdom at all. It's not the wisdom that you're going to need. The wisdom from heaven, the wisdom from above, will give you the wisdom to operate in the world system, and in the financial uh, system in the kingdom of God on, on the natural as well as the spiritual in both, both realms. You can operate in wisdom in this world because the world does has wisdom, but what it is is not wisdom at all. So if, you, if, I'm, if I'm wise in this world, in this age, become foolish. Learn about the wisdom of the kingdom. Verse 19, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness before God. That's an interesting scripture, isn't it? But it's true, isn't it? It's true. For it is written, he is the one who catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the reasoning of the wise, that they are useless. Verse 21. So then let no one boast in men for what things belong to you. Some things belong to you. All things belong to you. And this is this is, this is Paul talking. All things belong to you. He's talking to the Corinthians. All things belong to you. What belongs to you? All things. All things. And you say, well, what kind of teaching is that? All I'm doing is reading from the Bible. Now, we know that we can cross reference. We know that we can go to what belongs to you. All things. How do you know all things belong to you? Because you are joint heirs of Christ Jesus. Aren't you? What things belong to Jesus? All things. You heirs of Almighty God. What things belong to God? All things. What things belong to you then? All things. Now how do we how do we tap into that which is ours in the spiritual things? How do we tap into that? The wisdom from above. That's how you have to tap into it. So that's what I'm. Uh, I am believing God that this series is going to help us tap into the financial wisdom from above so we can be what God has called us to be. That's all I'm trying to do. You remember I started off telling you, leave your tomatoes at home uh, so you won't throw them at me because uh, we're going to talk about finances, but I'm not, to, I'm not trying to get your money. I'm trying to get you to where you o- learn to operate with wisdom in the kingdom of God. That's all. And if you operate in wisdom towards God, he's already said that, that give and it shall be given to you. What measure? Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over with your men and get into your booth. He's already said give to the poor you shall not like. He who gives to the Lord, lends, lends to the Lord, he's going to repay you. He, that's what he says. You give to the poor, you lend to the Lord, he'll repay you. He's the one that says those things. I didn't say it. He's the one that said those things. So all I'm trying to do is help us to get there. You can't get there, people, holding on to the possessions of this world. You can't get there. You're going to only get there by releasing it, by releasing it in the right direction where God has called us to do. Let's stand. These things are true. They are faithful. Because he's faithful and he's true. He's faithful and true. Father, let's bow our heads and close in prayer. Father, we thank you for just the opportunity to teach wisdom from your word of God. It's your word, Lord. Everything is yours. Father, we thank you that we have hearing ears and we have understanding because we are taking our time. We're not teaching. This is the sixth message in the series. So we're not trying to rush through something, just trying to do something, just trying to uh, fill up the calendar. We're trying to move from uh, a place of where we're not operating exactly like you want us to as a church body. We have some people who operate just like they're supposed to, but most of us, Lord, we need help. And so we're trying to do that, Lord. We want understanding as we are teaching, Lord, because we know the enemy will come away and steal it if we don't have understanding. When hard times come, we're still going to remember it's a law of the kingdom, just like gravity. So, therefore, we're going to operate in it. We're not going to be like the rich young ruler that just because uh, things, somebody asking for money, that, that means that I'm not going to give it and go away sorrowful. We're not going to do that, Lord, because we know that our hope is not tied to this world system. Our hope is in you, Lord. And we're going to keep weeding that garden, Lord. We're going to keep weeding our financial garden because we know things are going to try to grow up and things are going to try to entice us to spend money here, spend money there. And we're going to be prudent, Lord. We're going to be frugal, Lord. We're going to be wise with the use of our money because we're going to be thinking like the shrewd person of the world, but we're going to be shrewd in your thing, in your kingdom, Lord. How can we, we, we save this and invest here? How can we save this and give here? How can we do this so we can plant more seeds? We want to diversify. Just like the world system diversifies, we want to diversify in the kingdom of God. How can we do that more? We're going to be doing that, Lord. And we thank you for it, Lord. If anybody hasn't given their life to Jesus Christ, it starts there. If you haven't done that today, and you say, I'd like to give my life to Jesus Christ, just raise your hand and put it back down, and we will pray for you. Will the prayer team come up, please? If you have a prayer request for anything and I know things people are going through things and people relatives are going through things, I'll have the prayer team pray for you. If you're here today and you know you're not operating in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, and you say, you know, I want to return to Christ. I want to I want to really start serving him. I haven't been doing that, then just raise your hand and put it back down. We won't embarrass you, we just pray for you. Anybody? Like that. Father, we thank you for the message today. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today. We thank you we can just serve you in a free country, Lord. Father, bless the rest of our day. Bless the week in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say. Thank you again for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Our website is cornerstonelynchburg.com. You may call us at 434-847-4796. And our physical address is 525 Old Graves Mill Road in Lynchburg, Virginia.